All right. This is the Conversation Cannabis and Christianity podcast. My name is Miguel Torres, and I am your host. And this episode is titled Freedom Part Two. And it's going to be an interesting one. There was a previous episode I recorded with a gentleman from South Africa named Jay Naidu. Jay is of Indian descent from India, and he was born in South Africa. He was fourth generation to be born in South Africa. And while we were talking, and he's telling me about how he grew up in South Africa, and he's describing how he and other people of color were evicted from what were called black spots in the city. And he said that he wanted to be free from that universe. And that really resonated. And he is a fantastic conversation. Jay is, Jay's, uh, he's, in, he's in a lot of social media right now. You should check him out. There's a really cool message of justice in the face of injustice. And then I started thinking about uh, <clears throat> Al Graham, the founder of People Advocating Cannabis Education, and how after he was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, and tried a bunch of things that didn't work. He finally tried marijuana and it worked. He got a bulk of his life back. And now he's dedicated himself to helping other people discover more truths about that plant. And one thing that he said was, I don't like being lied to. And I really don't like being lied to by my government. Now, Al wasn't much of a, uh, we have, I have recorded a second episode with Al because I'm not even going to get into it because it's good <laughs> but it's funny how that second episode came about so uh, that'll come out in a couple of weeks but he said i don't want to be lied i don't like being lied to now i've had many people on the podcast where yeah they say yeah you know religion's just about control it's just about control and i agree some people use religion for control for sure and i'm going to read some pieces of what Mormons call scripture from the Book of Mormon. Now, I'm not just picking this out of the blue because it's popular and easy target. I grew up in this crap. At the age of, probably about the age of my youngest son now, he's eight. I got this crap shoveled into my head and I asked my parents a question. And it was about race. Because the, Mormon, the Mormons believe that dark skin is a sign of being cursed for your iniquities, your sins. And I'm not just saying that. I'm going to read to you where it says so. This is uh, from the Book of Mormon, which is written by Joseph Smith, who said that he, you know, this is right around the time of Many denominations are popping up in the new in the new world in America because of freedom of religion. Mormonism, Jehovah's Witness, all these things are cropping up, at least the offshoots of them. And this guy says he found some golden plants. So it had nobody's ever seen. And he had this interpretation tool from the old covenant, Moses' days, 
And he interpreted these gold plates that nobody's ever seen. But here's what he says. Here's what this is. His, this is his story. It's all fiction. You get this when you when I read it to you. This is uh, one Nephi, chapter eleven, verse thirteen through eighteen. Nephi is one of the major characters who left Jerusalem and came to North America. This is the Book of Mormon takes place in North America. Joseph Smith wrote this book saying that Jesus presented himself after his after his crucifixion and resurrection to the indigenous people of the Americas. And this is his fictional account of that. And it came to pass, this is Nephi talking. I, it's hard to provide context for this because it's so ridiculous. Yet there are millions of people who believe it. There are millions of people who believe this at least have their name on the registration. If you don't want to say you believe it, take your name off the registration because this is nasty. Here we go. This is 1 Nephi chapter 11, verses 13 through 18. And he's talking, this is Nephi talking with the angel and the angel is supposed to, is supposed to be showing him Mary, Jesus's earthly mother. This is how fictional this is right and it came to pass that i looked and beheld the great city of jerusalem and also other cities what were they and i beheld the city of nazareth and in the city of nazareth i beheld a virgin and she was exceedingly fair and white and it came to pass that i saw the heavens open and an angel came down and stood before me and he said unto me nephi what beholdest thou because he's writing in King's English. Joseph Smith is writing this in, in King's English because that's the version of the Bible they had at that time. So he's writing this, trying to fit in. But beholdest thou Nephi? And I said unto him, a virgin, most beautiful and fair above all other virgins. And he said unto me, knowest thou the condescension of God? And I said unto him, I know that he loveth his children. Nevertheless, I do not know the meaning of all things. And he said unto me, Behold, the virgin whom thou seest is the mother of the Son of God, after the manner of the flesh. Now, I read that one because Mary is a Middle Easterner. She's an Israeli. And yes, there are some fair-skinned Israelis over the course of centuries from that time to now. But to say that Mary was white and fair sounds awfully British or European. Now I am half white. I'm not beating up on whites. I'm half white. I'm half white. But when you look at me, you see brown skin. Right. So I'm not just beating up on whites. All right. A lot of people, a lot of us out there, mixed race. <clears throat> now, so that's one. Jesus Mary's mother's white, so he's going to be white, right? Now we move on to a couple chapters down the line in one Nephi. We're at chapter one, one Nephi, chapter 13, 
verse 15. Now listen to this. And I beheld the spirit of the Lord, that it was upon the Gentiles. And they did prosper and obtain the land for their inheritance. And I beheld that they were white and exceedingly fair and beautiful, like unto my people before they were slain. Racial politics is being pumped into this book by Joseph Smith. Big time. Big time. Big time. And the funny thing is that he was assassinated. But he wasn't assassinated because of this. He was assassinated because he became a polygamist. That's why he was assassinated. He was a polygamist. Who espoused racial division in the name of God. And this crap's around the world. Makes no sense. It makes no sense to me, but it is. It's there. Next up. Oh, I know. I'm not going to go over all of them. I only got a few more for you. But this crap's real. People run into this all the way. I ran into this when I was eight years old, seven, eight years old. People are, children are running into this all the time. Adults are hearing this. What do you believe about love? and mercy for you. Not other people. What do you believe about it for you? All right. Here we go. Now, this is uh, 2 Nephi, chapter 5, verses 17 through 33. This gets a bit more pointed. All right. And it came to pass that I, Nephi, did cause my people to be industrious. I made them work and to labor with their hands. And it came to pass that they would, that <laughs> then the way he writes is just ridiculous. And it came to pass that they would, um, excuse me, that they would, that I should be their king. But I, Nephi, was desirous that they should have no king. Ah, you don't need me as your king. You don't need me as your king. Nevertheless, I did for them according to that which was in my power. I decided to rule these people. And behold, the words of the Lord had been fulfilled, had the words of the Lord had been fulfilled, my brethren, he's speaking for God, which he spoke, which, no, I'm sorry, which he spake concerning them, that I should be their ruler and their teacher. Wherefore, I had been their ruler and their teacher according to the commandments. I thought we were in the new covenant of love one another. According to the commandments of the Lord. Until the time they sought to take away my life, until they, until I worked them so hard, they decided to kill me. Until they decided to break the commandments, because I made them work, and then they decided that they wanted to kill me, and they wanted me to die. Wherefore the Lord, of, the word of the Lord was fulfilled, which He spake unto me, saying that inasmuch as they will not hearken unto Thy words, they shall be cut off from the presence of the Lord, and behold. They were cut off from his presence. And he had caused the cursing to come upon them, yea, even a sore cursing, because of their iniquity. For beheld, for behold, they had hardened their hearts against him. They didn't want to work for him anymore, I guess. They didn't want to work for Nephi anymore. 
hardened their hearts against him, that they had become like unto a flint. Wherefore, as they were white and exceedingly fair and delightsome, that they might not be enticing to my people, the Lord God did cause a skin of blackness to come upon them. It doesn't get any more racist or pointed than that. And this is in the Book of Mormon. This guy's saying that dark skin is a sign of a curse. And he's not the only one that says it. He's not the only one that started a denomination about it. I'm going to continue because we're on 22 now. And thus saith the Lord God, I will cause that they shall be loathsome unto my people, save they shall repent of their iniquities. And cursed shall be the seed of him that mixeth with their seed in a racial marriage. I'm half white. For they shall be cursed even with the same cursing. And the Lord spake it, and it was done. And because of their cursing, which was upon them, they did become an idle people. Listen to this. This is how he describes us dark-skinned peoples. They did become an idle people, full of mischief and subtlety and did seek in the wilderness for beasts of prey and they had to eat too and then the lord god said unto me they shall be a scourge unto thy unto thy seed to stir them up in remembrance of me in other words i'll use them against you sometimes and that is an old covenant concept but not based on skin color not based on skin color in the Old Covenant. This is the Book of Mormon I'm reading from, just to remind everybody in case somebody got in here halfway. They shall be a scourge unto thy seed to stir them up in remembrance of me. And inasmuch as they will not remember me and hearken unto my words, they shall scourge them even unto destruction. And it came to pass that I, Nephi, did consecrate Jacob and Joseph, that they should be priests and teachers over the land of my people. In other words, this is the message I want my people and all people to know. And it came to pass that we lived after the manner of happiness. We were happy with these separated people. We were happy when that we were separated from these dark-skinned people because they were evil. And we continued on in a manner of happiness this way. And 30 years had passed away from the time we left Jerusalem. They're in America. They're in North America. They left Jerusalem. Okay. Right. And I, Nephi, had kept the records upon my plates, which I had made of my people thus far. And it came to pass that the Lord God had said unto me, Make other plates, and thou shalt engraven many things upon them, which are good in my sight for the profit of thy people. He doesn't say my people. God's supposed to be talking to Nephi right now. He's calling the people Nephi's people. He's not calling the people his people. That's a major difference in this Book of Mormon, is that God does not speak of these people as his own. He does, but not when it now. And that's the funky thing about this Book of Mormon, is that when you look at it and you see some of you look at some of the the <laughs> some of the sad and very sad and sorry defenses that their, uh, <laughs> their, their university scholars try to come up with 
it's sad it's pathetic and i'm not you know it, it is but you, you can't you can't you can't whitewash this stuff you can't it's there these people teach it as if it's the word of god okay so where are we at with the plates right the, the golden plates that joseph smith yeah nephi's the one who wrote them and it came to pass that the Lord said unto me, Make other plates, and thou shalt engrave many things upon them, which are good in this in my sight, for the profit of thy people, not my people. So these are Nephi's people, not God's people. Wherefore, I, Nephi, to the obedient, to be obedient to the commandments of the Lord, which went and made these plates, upon which I have engraven these things. We're supposed to be in the new covenant. There's one commandment love one another joseph smith pulled the ten commandments into the new covenant and added a bunch of control mechanisms for power money and fame which he all got until he was assassinated for being a polygamist And I engraved that which is pleasing. Here, here he continues. And I engraved that which is pleasing unto God. So he wrote his own words and said that his words were pleasing to God. God did not give him words to write. If you go to the old covenant and the new covenant, it's the opposite. The humans being told to what to write. This guy's supposed to be a prophet who's interpreting ancient text on gold plates and he's saying this it's kind of strange it doesn't line up and if my people are pleased with the things of god they will be pleased with mine engravings which are upon these plates there's a separation it's a further distinction between god's word and nephi's word which is joseph smith's word his fictional character and if my people desire to know the more particular part of the history of my people, they must search mine other plates. It's a rabbit hole. He's got rabbit holes all throughout this book. They don't, it's a rabbit hole. It's crazy. All right. Now, these next ones are going to be much shorter, I promise you, because I don't like reading this stuff either. <clears throat> <laughs> this one's these are smaller but still just as disgusting jacob 3 chapter 3 verse 8 oh my brethren i fear that unless ye shall repent of your sins that their skins will be whiter than yours when ye shall be brought up with when ye shall be brought with them before the throne of god so this is one of the ways that that some Mormons try to deflect the racism card. God loves all people. And the brown-skinned people, the black-skinned people, they're going to be white in the end, just like us. Because God loves us all. I'm going to read that again, because this is disgusting. Oh, my brethren, I fear that unless ye shall repent of your sins, that their skins will be whiter than yours. Skins. He's talking about skin when he shall be brought with them before the throne of God. 
There ain't no denying this stuff. It's there. So one more. <laughs> one more. One more. And the skins of the layman. Oh, this is Alma. Chapter 3, verse 6. And the skins of the Lamanites were dark, according to the mark which was set upon their fathers, which was a curse upon them because of their transgression and their rebellion against their brethren, who consisted of Nephi, Jacob, and Joseph, and Sam. You know, Sam, down the corner, on the block. Sam, you know, down the road. Who were just and holy men. All right, that's enough. I can't stand reading this Book of Mormon crap either. I'm reading all this because there are many of us who want to be free from that kind, that kind of crap universe of hell on earth for someone else's political, financial, and fame missions. Freedom. Freedom. What does it look like to you? Does it look like separate but equal? What does it look like or does it look like love one another because you can trust your maker with all things in your life and walk it out? Now, <clears throat> I have Mormon friends and I'm sure some of them may listen to this. And I still love you because I'm not mad at the people. But there are people pushing lies. To children. And then, you know, I'm going to touch on this one subject because it just doesn't start. It doesn't stop there. It goes the, the Mormons get really into your knickers. They really, they, they want to know how much you're making, gross, not net. So that way they can determine if you're giving a full 10% of your tithe to the church. My parents went through these interviews. They had to, they had to show, my dad had to show a pay stub. That's getting really, you know, that's, that's a bit much. But that's what. People will willingly walk into if they believe something. Now, the thing about these religions is that they're very performance-based. The Mormons have another book called the, what is it? Pearl of Great Price, Doctrine and Covenants, stuff like that. They don't want you even having caffeine. Can't drink caffeine. They are full of rules, man-made rules. The kind of man-made rules that everything in the new covenant that Jesus was railing about against the Pharisees and Sadducees, tying up burdens and putting them on people, hanging them on people so that they had to get through the man-made hoops before they could even try to get to the man-made version of God's hoops. Before you give up on Christ, check him out again. He knows we can't perform well enough. 
which is why he did the performing for us. I use marijuana all the time, every day. It does not use me. When it feels like it's starting to do that, you notice it. With anything, whether it's your cell phone, your laptop, your touchpad, whatever it is. There's no hiding from the maker who knows you inside and out. And he says, I still love you. I'm not mad at you. Believe, I'm speaking as Jesus, believe me, not the other people. That's the truth of it. If you believe that Jesus sees dark skin as being evil, that's what you believe. But where is that in scripture? And I mean the old and new covenant. Where does it say, other than in the Book of Mormon, in the old or new covenant, where does it say that God made someone's skin dark as a punishment? It doesn't. It does not. Freedom. And like Jay Naidu said, he wanted to be free of that universe. There are many of us that want to be free of that universe. And some people take up arms. Some people do it in their own might. Be careful. I'm not saying, I'm not saying be silent in the face of injustice. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that I understand anger. And you can see the world is getting very, very touchy. And when you start to think about religions and beliefs and what can you trust, yeah, I wouldn't trust Joseph Smith in that Book of Mormon either. I wouldn't trust Jehovah's Witness. I wouldn't trust Seventh-day Adventist. I wouldn't trust Catholicism. I wouldn't trust a lot of things. I trust the one who made me. Jesus. Because the only thing he said I have to do is believe. And he promises to help me in my own belief. If I had to perform, you know, there's no performance in that. Where do you begin to perform for that? Belief. Okay, I believe, but there have some spots where I, I, I have doubt and unbelief. Well, you better deal with that before you get, you can't get in the door unless you get in there, unless you get that doubt. But that's not what he's saying. He's saying, I know you inside and out. I know where you're afraid. I know where you have unbelief and I know where you feel like you're strong where you feel like you see me and where you feel like you don't see me. And I'm telling you that I'm everywhere. You can trust me that I'm everywhere. Especially in those places where it doesn't look like you see me. All right. This is the Conversation Cannabis and Christianity podcast. My name is Miguel Torres and I'm your host. And the name of this episode is freedom part two
Love you all.